0: We're starting a, a new series titled Taking a Stand, uh, and we're still focusing on our, our visible and, and, and public faith. Uh, we're going to be looking um, in this series at uh, four four lessons from the life of David. Uh, when we think of courage in the Bible, I think uh, David is probably one of the, the men that come to our minds the most. Um, not that David was always courageous, not that he was always brave, I don't think... Uh, uh, anybody is always anything. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, a person that's really, you think of uh, your own life. You could probably look and say, well, there's a time I did something that was really out, you know, out of my typical character. Um, and David was like that too. But but we want to look at at some of the things from from David's life that show uh, his character. And so um, what what made him who he was because our public faith when we, when we talk about it is, is so often, not always, but it is something which requires us to do things that are, um, we have to go beyond ourselves. And that takes, that takes bravery. Uh, what is it that, that made David, um, who David was, or what, at least some of the things we're going to look at for. Uh, and so, so we're talking about taking, taking a stand. Um, We're going to look at uh, Psalms chapter 1 is where we're going to begin this, this week. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. Everything he does, he prospers. The wicked are not like this, but they are like the chaff that the wind drives away, and therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment or sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I want to point out if you are reading this in your scriptures that that this doesn 't say it was written by David as one of uh, it 's in a section of psalms that are almost exclusively written by david the first forty one psalms of the of the two of the first forty one only uh, uh, only two do not have that that statement written by David, a maskul of David, a psalm of David, or whatever. Uh, but it is written in the section that is typically uh, referred to as the Psalms of David. Uh, not that that's all the ones of of David, but but this opening. And some, some think it's, well, it's it's just an opening, so it doesn't have that. Whatever. Uh, I, I do believe it is. Uh, but we are. Uh, Looking at the lessons that we're going to be taking, this certainly are are things that that would be indicative of his life Uh, when we do read some of the Psalms that that are written by him. Uh, David was a human. We do need to remember that when we we talk about people, we talk about the great people in the Bible. Uh, We remember that great people are people too. And David had his weaknesses. Well, we want to draw on some of the, the amazing things from his life and, and what made him who he was. David's, one of the, the, the things that, that made him who he was was his footing. What, what he stood upon. That, that's really where things start in our, our faith, what you're standing on. Uh, someone, someone told me, uh, he's talking about faith, and, and, and the discussion of having great faith. And he said, you know, if I, if I were to cross, you know, say there was no bridge somewhere, and, and, and it was winter, and I, I needed to cross, here's a, here's a, here's a river. And I can have all the faith I want. I'm going to cross this, it's wintertime, and it's ice. I can have all the faith I want, but if that ice cannot support me, my faith is not going to get me across there. <laughs> you do have to have faith in something that can be relied upon. And, and that was what David where where David started, what his what his footing was. And so we want to talk about his sources. Uh, it begins with the nutrient. Talk about being a, a tree planted by waters. Says so his on his law he meditates day and night. And we want to look at this illustration being planted. Like a tree next to, next to waters. That, that's the illustration I want to draw from throughout this, this sermon. What was his nutrients? His nutrients was the scripture. We, we started here last, or we finished here last week. And so I don't want to go over last week's sermon. Um, but I want to highlight a point. Being rooted is not simply about access to it. Uh, We have access like never before to scriptures. David did not have his own personal Bible. Now he he might have had better access. He might have, you know, being a king. Maybe maybe he did. You know, maybe he had someone write up his own personal copy. I I suppose that's possible. But that wouldn't be until he was a king. He certainly didn't have a copy of it when he was a shepherd. When he was formulating his character, he didn't have. That we all have access to, to something. Any one of us. And you walk around with it. I, I, I joked about coming up here with, with it on your phone. And, and sometimes there's like the, the one second delay and it's kind of awkward. But, but you think about the fact that you have the ability to, to carry a, a Bible around with you and it fits in your pocket. I mean, that's amazing. Our technology is so amazing. We have so many things that, that we have access to that David didn't. And yet, we, we look at uh, what his nutrients were. And I say the same thing. I want to look at the second thing um, under this, this topic is the condition Condition of soil is an important thing. It's not just what he had access to. But I want to look at the attitude. I want to spend a little bit more time here. As it says, his delight was in the law of the Lord. It wasn't simply that he had access to it. It wasn't simply a chore. And it wasn't simply something he did and checked off the list. Did you read it today? Yes, read it today. Sometimes we have difficulty with that. But his delight was in the law of the Lord. Now, think about that statement. His delight was in the law of the Lord. He's referencing the Torah. We did the Bible in a year. Was the worst thing to read? A year muddling through Leviticus. It's like, ah, his delight was in Leviticus. I mean, think about that. Like, that was great stuff, man. Did you read Leviticus 14 or whatever? Yeah, like, ugh. But his delight was, he, I, this was, this was something significant. <coughs> I had a man tell me, this was interesting. hes He was a a friend of mine, a poller, and he said, uh, he he had issues with depression. This was kind of interesting. In. uh, it was chemical uh, from from a medical procedure that had been done earlier. And so he's struggling with depression. And he said, people tell you when, when you want to, uh, when you struggle with depression, read Psalms. He's like, Psalms gets me down. I read Psalms, I get down. It's... it's a, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, and all this stuff. He's like, I don't want to hear that thought. He's like, when I, when I get down, he's like, I want to read something really doctrinal. He's like, I read Romans. And then he's like, my mind gets away from all that, and I can think and figure things out. And I like to, That's where I go. Yeah. Uh, law kind of stuff. Like, hmm, you know, this is really deep. But, but that's what David did. Maybe, that, maybe David is the original person that didn't like the Psalms. He's like, I don't like to read my own Psalms. I was like, i like to go over here and read the law. I don't know. But he had an attitude of desiring God's word, having a much more vague picture of God's thoughts than we do. In Psalms 122, this is written by David for for sure. We had the whole thing here. He says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up. The tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. And, and we all kind of twitch there a little bit. The house of the Lord. Ah. Make sure you use that word right. The house of the Lord. This is this the building. Right? We all we kind of do that little Make sure we define that correctly. Well, we know David lived under the Old Testament. We, we should also point out that, that at the point in which we're talking about the house of the Lord had no walls. It was a tent. David didn't get to make that. He got to design it. But Solomon built the big shiny thing that God said I don't really care about. I, I wanted this one over here really. He got up, he got excited. I was so excited when they said, let's go up to the house of the Lord, to this tent. Go read the Old Testament in that law. (laughs) In that law, it tells us what they did with the tent. Every year they would go and and sprinkle. When they they ordained it to God, this beautiful tent, all the the linen and whatever, it was just this beautiful, this beautiful white fabric. And then they went and they killed all these animals and sprinkled it all over this tent. Like, what? That was nice. It was pristine. They carried this thing through the, through the wilderness. I'm sure that kept it real clean. I, mean, I remember in, in college taking all my laundry down and, and uh, we were broke. So we, we'd get like that super loader. You know, like that was three bucks back then. That would, three bucks, you can't wash it you know, a pair of socks, but they would just jam it in there and kind of shut the door three bucks, whew yeah, I don't know if it got clean or not, but it's good enough for a college kid they don't make a, a washing machine big enough for the tabernacle that thing was pretty nasty I was so glad when they said let us go up to that nasty thing so glad, it wasn't about what it looked like for sure the nicest thing about there david never got to see he couldn't go see the holy of holies that was a beautiful thing one guy once a year got to see that why was david so excited to go see what was it it wasn't about a building we know that but we get so caught up arguing about the definition of the house of the lord and I don't want to say that it's okay to be careless with definitions, but we get so bogged down in that discussion that we miss this element, I think. We don't got to. We get to. Tim talked about the, the ability to do this and, and not have to worry. Philip and the eunuch are traveling down the road. And he's preached the gospel. And, and, and Philip's response, I, I, or the eunuch's response is important. It's subtle, but it's important. He says, what prevents me? We have to get people... like." But the eunuch is like, listen to this water. Is there anything stopping me right now? There it is. No. Let's go. It's a completely different attitude. We we approach things like, you have to do this. I mean, this is... And and maybe that's that's because the world we live in has a resistance to that doctrinally. But the attitude towards the scriptures, towards, towards godly things. David was excited. Now, there's a reason possibly why he was excited, other than just his own natural character. But up until David made Jerusalem the capital, it was in Hebron. And that's where you had to go all the way up to the tribe of Ephraim, to the northwest, to go to the tabernacle. So he decided to bring it down to Jerusalem. So he understood and appreciated having it in Jerusalem. I'm excited now. They said, let's go. I'm like, it takes five minutes. There's a five-minute walk. I don't have to make a journey up there. He appreciated it. And sometimes when you've had to, to work for it, and we have all the technology and we get in our cars and we can drive, and, and it's, it's, it's easy. It's so easy that we kind of lose the appreciation for it. But if you've had to go without something, right? you remember when we were first allowed to come back? It was only a couple of weeks. Months, maybe. I can't remember. That's been a year and a half. You appreciate it a little bit more? Wasn't that appreciation? Wow, It was so nice to come in and see people that I know and sing. And the music wasn't all weird over the computer. Right? It was an appreciation. And you could already feel a little bit. Sometimes it's like it starts to fade a little bit. That, that appreciation. You go back in time. I come back from vacation. And uh, and, and guy had done my driveway. It was nice. It was really nice. And I just, I, I, I would go, I just, this is a true story. I would just go out, open up my garage door, and stand there and look at it. It's so nice. It is nice. I can't wait for the winter to come, for my snowblower not to work, so I can shovel this thing. It's so easy. I, I still notice it. It's nice. But I don't, I don't just stand there now like some idiot... You know, people drive by. What is that dude staring at his driveway for? But there's that a, immediate appreciation for things. that, that That's new. And it's, it used to be so awful. And comparatively, now I get to have the tabernacle right near my palace. Wow! Yeah. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. But it's not... Just that. We need to look at the environment. We need to look at what it was about. What, not just the ease of doing it, but what the tabernacle represented to David is important. It was about, even though he couldn't see it, the Ark of the Covenant. Knowing God's presence was there. That's what made it significant. It wasn't the wonderful building. We know that. That's where atonement was. Atonement isn't in these walls. But communion is. And it could be out there. It could be over there. But for now it's here. And so I'm excited to come here. That's where fellowship was. Ain't no fellowship in the woods. Unless we all go camping. No fellowship in the tear stand. Y'all by yourself. Hours. boredom. Boredom. Not saying I'm not gonna do it, but I'm just telling you, it's boring. That's where the instruction of scripture was for David. And that's where, as he mentioned, that's where giving of thanks in unison was. You can thank God anywhere, but you can't in unison hear the voices of other people thanking God. That's why he was excited. That's why he was excited to go up. Because of the environment. The second thing about our footing, I want to talk about being drawn. So we need to talk about two things attraction is first when you talk about roots being set down and being planted by waters this is quite important roots know where water is they do this is called root invasion or root pipe invasion that's crazy they know where it is at i don't know how they know where it's at but they know where it's at and they go there Caught a lot of money problems. But they don't care. I look at this and I think, that was a long time a guy was having problems flushing his toilet. (laughs) How did you not know there was a problem? But roots know where water is and they are going to get there. It's attraction. How tenaciously are we drawn to the right source? He says on his law he meditates day and night. I cannot say that. Sorry, I cannot say that. That's, that's tenacious. So let me look at it from a different perspective. When you read a scripture, or when you hear an idea, I want you to think about, someone says something. An idea. They have some philosophy of something. I hear an idea. Is my immediate reaction to think of what the Bible thinks of that thing? We, talked, we just went through a series. What, you know, old, old ideas and, and old perspectives on new ideas. Is that the way I initially react? Someone, someone says something, and I immediately think, hmm, let me compare that to something Christ said. Is that a good idea? Idea it maybe it is. maybe that confirms something. maybe that's in agreement with something, or do I do the following do I uh, do I read a text in the scriptures and let it filter through? what I know of the world. You see what I'm saying? Well, here's this Bible verse about this thing. But I went to college. And that doesn't really agree. You see, which one is being used as the comparison, as the bedrock? It's where you're drawn to. It's where you set down your roots. What is your source? And where are you drawn to? He says um, before we move on to next, he says he says we we meditate day and night, and so it's it's constancy. D- divine thoughts are not afterthoughts. And I want to talk about repulsion because where you set down your roots is also about repulsion. I don't know if you know that. Um, <clears throat> there's a chemical in a plant called an oxen. There's actually lots of different types of oxen. Oxen is a it's a, a general type of a chemical. And an oxen is basically God's way of how to plant for dummies. All right. God removed God idiot proofed to a certain degree planting. All right? um, you know, we don't have to do a lot of things because God put certain chemicals in plants. No, he didn't remove it. You know, some of us are <laughs> really not gardeners, and guys God, like I can't help you. <laughs> uh, but an oxen is a chemical, it's all through a plant. And they do different things. So, so one of them is, is evident here. This is uh, what, what's called a, a photooxin. And what it does when the sun hits it, it slows the growth down there. Okay? So, if it, so if you think of your, you know, put your hands together, and, and if this one wasn't growing and this one wasn't growing, it just kind of does this. So all the cells here where there's no sun grow. Woo. And so no matter where that sun goes, it's going to automatically follow that. So tomorrow you'll like, hey, wait, what happened? <laughs> you don't have to turn it around. Another one. It's kind of idiot-proofed. It'll find its way. It just does it. I've taken that out of your your thing. You don't have to point the the plant towards the sun all day long. There's another one. It's gravity. You ever, isn't it good that you don't have to like plant all the seeds down? Like you don't walk down the street and see the roots accidentally poked up outside of the out of the ground? Like oh, this one's upside down. <sighs> I didn't put the plants, the seeds right side up. It's like, how does that happen? How does the, the right, no matter what, because the seeds, you just, they all come up. Grass seed, you don't have like grass growing sideways and upside down. It's like, God figured that out for me. I was one that does gravity. So, so, so it's the same thing. It's just wherever, wherever the, 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 the gravity is, that slows it down. So it starts up here. It might upside down. That's okay. Uh, it slows it down and poof, goes straight down. Now we're going normal. It's just God, God does this amazing thing. Idiot proofed it. I don't have to be there with every grass seed. The same thing with water. I'm going to find where the water is. It's about not just about what you're. Towards, but what you're against. In other words, it's slowed down on one side. This is, I, I'm going to get you away from over there. You're, you're going to be away from there and you're going to go towards what I want. And I want to look at our text. It's the same thing. He says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers. It's not just what you're drawn to, but it's what you, are, what you repel. What you go away from. One side, he says, "I'm I'm slow. I'm I'm. I, I don't want I don't want to be over there. There's nothing valuable over there. There's no nutrients over there. There's nothing beneficial over there. I don't want to be over there." He says, "You don't walk in the counsel of the wicked." Let's talk about the counsel of the wicked. He says, I, really I don't give credence." I don't consider credible the advice of people who are not spiritual. Uh, I have a financial advisor. Uh, turns out Cam knows him. Uh, from a church in, in, in Walker, um, Milwaukee. We have similar wavelength when I go in there. I, I spend like three or four hours in his office every time I go in. We have a lot to we, we share. We know same people. He knows people at Harding with, with Benjamin. Like, it's cool. It's... But when I sit down, the financial advice, it doesn't mean that everything he's going to say is going to make me rich, but what I, the financial advice I know comes from the same spiritual perspective. So I'm not investing in, in mutuals where, where, uh, where Philip Morris is. Same, same, same. We don't have to, oh, I don't want to do that. Why would you want to do that? They make money. Sorry, not investing there. It's spiritual advice. And I, I'm, I'm drawn towards something, but I, I repel something else. I don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. <coughs> I don't stand in the, the path of sinners. David says, I, I, "I don't do that. Don't do that. Don't loiter. Don't loiter where people do unethical things. Just not a good idea. Don't hang around. Put your roots down where morally approved behavior tends to to happen. Don't go to a bar to drink Pepsi. Just saying." Bad things happen. Don't go there. You may not personally be doing wrong. But David's saying they're likely to. And you don't want to get involved. You don't want to get pulled in. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Just step out of their way. Don't stand in their way. Just. One of our children, at one point in time, expressed the desire to go to another church because they were having a pizza party. But I have friends there. Mm-hmm. You can see your friends. It's school. I'm not saying that sinners in the same sense that David is. But that pull. Becomes. They're not really so bad. They're nice people. Yes they are. But you start to let your roots set down elsewhere. And then pretty soon you... There's a cute boy or girl over there. The roots get a little tighter. You set down roots. Avoid that. And he says, you don't sit in the seat of the scoffers. Don't do it. Or scornful. What is that? Well... scoffer could be one of a number of things. You can be critics. There's just some people they are cynical of everything. They'll debate anything with you. They're just natural scoffers. They're just naturally, when well, you say yes, they say no. You know those people. Don't. That <coughs> sounded like my dog. I was did wait, I, didn't, I forgot where I was for a second. Um, But they're especially cynical Of divine things Oh that religious nonsense Don't go there And certainly don't sit in that seat Don't even Don't even sit in the seat It's judgment That's another thing Scornful judgment Don't sit in the seat of judgment. You have to judge everything. You have to determine everything. Or maybe scoffers are just non-serious people. Just non-serious. Let's just have fun. There's a time for fun. But non-serious people simply don't care... The seed of the non-serious looks like this right now. That's the seed of the non-serious. Have any time for anything deep? That is a seed of a scoffer. I want you to notice. We're going to close here. The progression. Oh, I'm just walking. Now I'm hanging around. And now I've just decided this is where I'm going to be. I'm sitting down there. I've found a place I'm comfortable. And that's the progression. That's why don't, don't even get started in this stuff because you will eventually be here and you will decide to put down roots over here and this is where you are. The people who change where they're at at the 60 is a small, small percentage. You've decided who you are long before then. And the younger you get, the more likely you are to be able to change. But that's all, that stuff is already starting to get set by 30. By the end of college. That's probably the biggest time of discovery. Late high school through college. And just after. But you're kind of setting your opinions in those areas, in those time frames. What I think of this. What my friends think of this. Where are you setting down your roots at? Oh, you might only be a little interested at first. Eh, this is an interesting thought. This is an interesting thought. And you just take in all the interesting thoughts. Compare those interesting thoughts to something of bedrock, to something where your roots can stay firm. This is the first key to to David's braveness. It was what source he was connected to. (coughs) It's called being deliberate in your faith. Be deliberate, don't be accidental. Where am I at? You will never get anywhere accidentally. You don't. You don't find what you're looking for accidentally. (coughs) You get lost accidentally pretty well. It's hard to get lost on purpose, too. You'll notice that. I can't get lost on purpose. (coughs) Now, it's important that we understand... Not saying that I can't ever be in, in these people's presence. That's not what he's saying. When he's not saying, don't sit in the seat, and don't walk in the way. You have to be around these people if you're going to be public in your faith, right? That's the whole point of these things is to, to be public and, and to express the right thing to these people. To get them out of it. So I do have to be around them. But he's saying, Just the behavior. You don't sit in the way where that stuff is going on. And it has to do with my default position where where my footing is. Analyze uh, through 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 David, through this, (coughs) excuse me. Through this introductory psalm. Where's my foundation?